The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a fantastic Friday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we are live from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. It's been icy around the Star mm, these it? last couple days. And we're finally back on the air. Glad to be with you, Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker. We've got Chris Beam in the back. Guys, um... I've been out of town for a couple days. Did yeah. I miss anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you missed this weather, Kyle. Okay, there's one. Yeah, where the heck were you How at? Convenient. <laughs> I was in Mexico. Oh, so thanks for the invite. Did you get an invite? I did not get an invite. I did not. not. No, no, you didn't get an no. invite. I wanted to run around booty butt naked on the, on, the, on, the, on dog on beach. You know, a visual. How you get to run around booty butt naked? You were definitely commando. A visual I wasn't prepared mm, for this. Morning. He definitely went commando on the beach. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Now we have to picture Kyle walking <laughs> in a banana hammock. Hey, there are worse things to think about, all right? I mean, come on. Uh, what else What else happened uh, around this Cowboys team? Well, a couple people first, first and foremost, mm. um, Dan Quinn is sticking around. Hey, that's a good one. That's massive, did not expect massive that. keep for the Cowboys. Dan Quinn went on his round of interviews with the Cardinals, the Colts, um, the Broncos, and as we all know, he was a front runner to land that Broncos position last year before they went with Nathaniel Hackett. Thank you for making that mistake mm. Denver um, but Dan Quinn is sticking around so huge keep for the Cowboys but on the offensive side of the ball oh there's this guy <laughs> named Kellen Moore oh yeah yeah that he guy. was the offensive coordinator keyword was the yeah. offensive coordinator for the Cowboys no more from 2019 to 2020 oh, he's charged up now there's no more he is no I, more I see what you're doing. in a Cowboys Bars. uniform. Bars. No more. Interesting. I see what you're doing there. M-O-O-R-E. Yeah. I see what you're <laughs> yeah. doing there. Did you see that coming? I saw it coming. Well, whenever Mike McCarthy said it the way that he did in his yes, that's press conference. Yeah, how he responded Evaluation. to the question about him, right? The writing was on the wall at that point. He seemed very hostile. That was a hostile response. And, and there was a bit of clarification with another thing that happened this week, which Talk was the it. Senior Bowl. And Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones spoke during their time down in Mobile. And Stephen Jones said it was a difference in philosophy between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore that led to the parting of ways, which are we are we shocked by that? No, I didn't. I didn't not, think not so, so much. Um Eyebrow raising, but not not shocked, not, not shocked. stunned or anything like it's a that. Great way to put it. Eyebrow um, raising is perfect. And, and having some conversations with some folks uh, after the decision was made to mutually part ways with Kellen Moore. My understanding <laughs> of it is no, it was mutual. Mm-hmm. My understanding of it is, uh, and I can't confirm yeah, it's mutual. <laughs> My understanding of it was that even when McCarthy stood on the podium and, and said that Kellen Moore is no different from any other any other coach in that he must be evaluated, he wasn't saying that maliciously. He was just being matter of fact with it. Um, and my understanding is when it, when they got down to the evaluation process, well, kind of taking a half step back, I think McCarthy kind of expected more to still be around, but there was going to be some in-depth conversation in the evaluation process of, as far as where the offense needs to go yeah. in 2023. And in that conversation, I think that's where the reality hit for both sides, where it's like, you know what, we're, we're a part on this. We're a part on this. Um, and – just from my opinion, this is my opinion, obviously, but as as it relates to Moore's acceptance of the Chargers offer, that happened so quickly that logic dictates that it might have been in his back pocket already. There's some murmurs going around in terms of potential tampering. Well, I'm not going to go that far. No. I'm, I'm just I'm, saying there's murmurs. I yeah, I'm tampering I'm, about what? But they, he had a relationship with uh, with L.A. Mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we just happen to have and joint practices this year, too. It's yeah. I odd. mean, let's just put it this way. because we're <laughs> They were hanging out in yeah, the hotel we're, lobby. We're, yeah, we're definitely not um, providing <laughs> Hey, any, if something happens this hey, year. This, yeah, is, this yeah, is, you know. is just murmurs. I don't Let's just say 
the the tea leaves say what the tea leaves say mm. and i you drink tea? would be, i i <laughs> i would be hard pressed to believe Whips. that um that an offer for the offensive coordinator position uh, in a program like the Chargers, who have so, such a level of talent offensively, that that manifested in 15 hours. He was because he, he accepted that offer in 15 hours. Well, I should say, let me let me put it this way: that offer became public and final and official <laughs> yeah. from Los Angeles in 15 hours after the decision yeah. from. In he Dallas probably accepted it in the first 17 minutes. So I'm see, just, but is I'm it also saying. possible, kind of along those same lines, that the decision was made around Kellen Moore far before it was released, right around the, yeah. the start of the second championship game on Sunday probably was I mean we were talking to Mike McCarthy on Wednesday and it was a matter of time until that news came out or at least it seemed like it was a a matter of time until the news came out now I just my opinion I think Kellen Moore is going to be really good in LA I believe I think I I think that system I think that scenario is resources the resources there I wouldn't say that because the resources here are great they're good resources here if you're talking about personnel that's different are you talking about like free agents? You're talking about like I'm talking about the personnel. Yeah, oh, the personnel. personnel. Okay, so personnel. Okay, we can we can have a, an agreement on that one. But I, I think he's got, gonna. They got the nod right now. Yeah, he's, I, that's why you're making that face. He's gonna fit that that's mold better. He's gonna fit that mold better than he did here. And honestly, I think Dallas is better off without him here. It's just a fit. I really do. I it think could, this is going to be, be a, a good fit for both parties. It could be a win, which is possible. That happens all the time. And I, I think that look at the Super Bowl right now. Andy Reid left the Eagles, and now the Eagles are still there again. They have a chance to go back to another Super Bowl. Andy Reid's on the Chiefs. It's a good fit both ways. And I, I think, from a Mike McCarthy standpoint, mm. when when you look at <laughs> Mike McCarthy having sat out a season after uh, his divorce from the Green Bay Packers, and his whole thing over the course of that that season that he was out was he was trying to advance his coaching style with mm-hmm. analytics and things of that nature. Fast forward to today, and I think that he's going to try to take the best of what Kellen Moore did Mm -hmm. and then merge that with what he knows how to do, and then we'll see who the OC is that comes in because Jerry Jones said in Mobile that it's basically a foregone conclusion that Mike is going to call the plays. But they're still going to get an OC, and I think that OC would be more of an advisory role. But if if it happens to be certain individual from Los Angeles, the other Los Angeles team, Mm -hmm if you get where I'm going with this, yep. then that will be very interesting because that person comes in with McVay knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So if you can get McVay knowledge mixed with the best of Kellen Moore, mixed with the best of Mike McCarthy, get your personnel right at, at wide receiver, and uh, yeah. And, and hopefully you can keep the band together with uh, Pollard and Zeke, but that's a discussion as well. You played in a system with... Belichick knowledge. Mm-hmm. You played in a system <clears throat> with Pete Carroll knowledge. Mm-hmm. How how much does it does it matter to have different inputs? Because if if anything could be said about the Cowboys' offense this year is at times it was stale, at times it was media, uh, mediocre mm-hmm. to a, a concerning degree. Okay, but now you have a chance to spice it up a little bit and go get some different input some different knowledge and you did so with minor roles like Ben McAdoo a year ago you did it with a couple different ways but how important is it to go out and get a veteran guy like that to come in as an offensive coordinator to kind of sprinkle in what Patrick's talking about you want my real opinion yeah I think they just let say with your chest it's Friday it is Friday it's been a while I think they just let the best thing they could have had to go Mm. Kellamore Kellamore really I really think so I think they should have had some grown man conversations and I think they should have figured it out because I think Kellen Moore is one hell of an offensive coordinator, and he's continued to grow. He's mm-hmm. continued to grow. He's continued to develop. What I see and what I saw on film, you know, I watch a good amount of it, and you mm-hmm. do as well. He had a complex, very diverse offense in the beginning of the year. Sure. They couldn't run it. They couldn't run it. Mm-hmm. His quarterback couldn't make the reads. Receivers couldn't read the, read the coverages. So because those guys were unable, incapable at that point in time of making the correct reads based upon the defense that was presented to them and running the correct routes, throwing the correct ball, going to the correct concepts, all those things, he had to dumb it down. Hmm. He had to dumb it down. And even once he dumbed it down, we saw what happened at the, in the last game. There were guys still running around booty butt naked open, <laughs> and the ball still wasn't getting to them. And that was the most simplistic Jason Garrett-ish Offense we had we had all year long. Mm-hmm. 
But look at go back to the film in the beginning of the year. Look at the concepts that were out there. Look at the read routes that were out there, mm. right? All those combinations, and then go to the end of the year. Playoff games. And look at that offense. Look how boring and stagnant that offense was in comparison. He had to adjust. If your personnel can't facilitate the offense, you have to adjust so that you can give them something that they can handle. And, again, that's just being real and watching the film. To your point, the offenses that I've been in, I've been in some very complex offenses like New England, which was absolutely insane. Mm. Okay, I've showed y'all some of that stuff. It was yeah. read routes on everything. And you better have known what the heck you were doing. You better knew what the coverage was. You better know the, the leverage and all that stuff of the defenders so that you could run the correct route. We saw some of those mishaps early in the year where CeeDee Lamb was un- unsure about coverage. Ah, am, I, am, I, am I taking the top off? Am I coming underneath? And we saw Dak compound those problems by throwing the ball incorrectly to the certain guys. That was them trying to figure out that complex offense, which required you to be high intellect and be able to make the correct reads. When you don't have the ability to do that and execute it properly, you have to bring it back down to the grade level or high school level, which is mirrored routes on the outside, read routes on the inside, super simplistic, read the basic coverages, make the correct decision. And those things still weren't happening. So now you take a Kellen Moore going out to an offense that has more veterans, Mm -hmm. that has more vets, and I would say those are high intellect players that he has over there. They're going to kill it in terms of what Dallas is going to do here. I think you're going to see it dumbed down a lot more. You're wow. going to see it dumbed down to what you saw more towards the end of the year. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be successful with that because I believe that you can. West Coast office, Pete Carroll, you brought that up. Mm-hmm. West Coast, super simple reads for the quarterback. Get the Would ball you, out that's quick. That's the branch McCarthy's That's, the McCarthy, the that, that's what he does, right? Quick three-step drops or from the gun, catch and throw, you know what I'm saying, catch and one gallop, one, some of those things, right? It's going to be easy decisions. But you're not going to see that complex stuff, and you're not going to see the ball push down the field nearly as much as you saw early in the year with Kellen Moore. Now, I, I, real I quickly, the, I, I just want to ask this as a follow-up. It, is the, the fact that it had to be so simple toward the back half mm-hmm. and it had to be dumbed down in the back half, is that an indictment on the personnel specifically, or could it be an indictment on the, the Monday through Saturday comparison and, and the preparation? Yeah. From a coaching staff. It could be both, right? And we don't know. We, we just, will have we, never have yeah, any we'll, idea. We'll never know. We just see the result. We see what what they were trying to do concept-wise, and we saw the execution of it. Sure. So where the ball was dropped in between, we don't know. But we do know that in the beginning of the year, he had read routes, combination routes that were adjusting based upon coverages. We do know that Dak had certain reads where he should have been looking off coverages and coming back to certain concepts, and he wasn't doing that correctly. He was trying to force the ball. Those are the things we do know. So we don't know what's being taught, if they're being taught the proper reads and all that kind of stuff, the adjustments. We don't know. We just see the lack of execution on Sundays. I think, and to your point, it, it could go a little bit more vanilla, with the exception being if they bring in someone who is from a McVay tree, for example. If that person comes in and they're the offensive coordinator Correct. and although McCarthy is playing, uh, calling the plays, that doesn't mean McCarthy is um, – dictator over the game plan yeah. right so it's still going to be a collaborative game plan over the course of the week so you're still going to get those ideas from a McVeigh branch or whomever else might be be it Brian Schottenheimer whatever the case may be so I think that is going to help keep it from becoming vanilla and we'll yeah. see if that's the case but I would lean more so on it being a personnel issue because if we're comparing the Chargers wide receiver core to the Cowboys wide receiver core. Okay, well, we know that CeeDee Lamb has ascended to the role of wide Correct. receiver one. Sure. Crown him. The discussion is no more. But Michael Gallup, he just recently had his right knee and right ankle scope. Which is the opposite and for, knee. Right, which is the opposite knee for those that need to be clear on that. He tore the ACL in his left knee. But that also goes to let you know that he wasn't 100% himself as he was trying to return from a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. You didn't get what you needed to get from Jalen Tolbert, who was mostly inactive. Um, T.Y. Hilton came in later in the season, on the back end of December, so you didn't have a ton of reps with him. If you fixed a wide receiver equation, and Michael Gallup is 100% healthy, which now I have no no reservations about it happening, because you got an entire offseason now. You're not coming back in season to try to figure it out. Now you have an entire offseason program. So figure that out with... Well, CeeDee Lamb is there. Let's assume Gallup is healthy. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver three is what you really got to figure out. They're going to talk again to OBJ, yeah. who presumably is healthy now. He's starting to release those workout uh, <laughs> clips. Now they're coming out. Yeah, now they're starting yeah. to come out I, at a free so, agency. No coincidence So there. two things real quick before I know you got going. We got so many topics. Yep. I don't think it's personnel. I don't think it was personnel in terms of lack thereof this year. I right. think the personnel was there. It was good enough to get the job done. 
right? I think you could – obviously, you always wish you had more. Right, you wish you had more weapons, you know, like San Fran, like Philly, like all you know, all those teams that were that we saw progress. We wish we had more, but you didn't. But okay? that's my point. When they had more, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when they had more, the the Hydra, Coop, Lamb, a healthy Gallup. You saw what they were able Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Three thousand yard receivers. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was the top. It was top the top. So then offense in the league. Drop Cooper out via trade. Yeah, now you're, now Gallup's you're not healthy. Yeah. Lamb does Correct. what he needs to do, but from there, the personnel doesn't match up. I agree. I agree. I, I, I do believe that T.Y. Hilton during his time here was underutilized. I, think, uh, I severely, would love to see T.Y. here for a whole year. underutilized. And if you go back and watch the film of that last game, this dude was yeah, open yeah. the whole game. He was but to simplistic, simplistic offenses, because Kyle, I know a lot of people are going to kind of jump on the ship. Oh, that's not fair. Simplistic offenses in the NFL work if everybody's on one accord, i.e. the 49ers. The 49ers don't run a complex offense at all. The, the fact that you can go down to quarterback number three and be very successful lets you know that that offense That's is true. not complex. That's Those true. guys were running very simple routes, but that offensive coordinator was just a freaking genius in terms of keeping everybody on the same page, taking motion. the same things and motions and, and, and personnel groupings and all that jazz. So that's an, that's an opportunity for everybody to understand that McCarthy can do the very similar schemes yeah. okay, and be very successful. Agreed. I'm just saying that Kellen Moore – Brought it from up here and had to bring it down. And that, that happened over the course of the season. Correct. Not just this year, but you could say it happened last year as well. Correct. Happened at the same time. Oh, lots to talk about. Lots. But there's Kellen Moore. We'll talk plenty more about that as the offseason goes along, I'm sure. We're going to talk about it more and more. <laughs> All right, let's take our first break. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, what personnel changes could be on the horizon including two big-name guys that could either be let go or extended. We'll tell you who those are when we come back right after this with more Talking Cowboys. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Glad you're with us here on this Say It With Your Chest Friday off-season edition. And that's exactly what we're doing because... Uh, We've got a lot to talk about, like mm-hmm. we said. So we've hit Kellen Moore mm-hmm. and talked a little bit about DQ, uh, DQ, and and that he's coming back. We'll save that the majority of that topic right. for later. Uh, J. Ron Curse headed for surgery, right? Yeah, several, um, several of the players are. And, and let's preface it with this: this is um, 
This is get right season. Correct. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, typically immediately after the season concludes, whenever that might be, you'll see guys starting to get cleanup procedures. And these are cleanup procedures. Michael Gallup, his right knee and right knee were scoped. That's a cleanup procedure. Um, J. Ron Curse is finally getting that shoulder issue uh, situated via procedure. It was scheduled for yesterday on Thursday, but we've had the winter ice storm here, so we'll see if it happens in the next couple of days. Yeah. But for those that might have forgotten, uh, he injured that shoulder on Thanksgiving, and he was playing through it ever since. And then, of course, he was playing through the knee issue, but there's no procedure scheduled for the knee, so that's that's a good sign there. Um, and, and it just goes from there. Uh, Tyron Smith is having uh, cleanup work done. I mean, the list goes on and on. There are like six or seven guys. Luke Gifford Luke Gifford is the only one that's not being deemed quote-unquote cleanup because he's having surgery or had surgery if it's already um, occurred on a core muscle. So, you know, the core muscle is a little bit more serious, mm -hmm. so he's going to need that time to recover. Everyone else, let's see who we got. We got Curse, cleanup, Tyron, cleanup, um, Gifford, Let's see. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, that's more or less it. You got four or five guys. Nothing serious. The most serious would be Lou Gifford with the core muscle. So it's just it's cleanup procedures. Um, but J. Ron Curse back to full health. Malik Cooker, that's who I was looking for. Oh, okay. Dis dislocated thumb. He, well, he was playing through a dislocated thumb. He's getting that tightened up. So, yeah, he'd be good as well. Shout out to the whole training staff. They don't get much time off. I don't know if no, people understand that or they not. they do not. Like, majority of their work. That's a year-round deal. Yeah, majority mm -hmm. of their work starts now. Mm -hmm. Like, now, now. And then, like, they have to nurse these guys back to health yeah, all the way up to right camp season. and through camp. Let's get right season. So, I mean, people need to put some respect on on Jim and, and, and Britt mm -hmm. and, and, and G, all those guys, because they do a, one heck of a job throughout the year, throughout the year. But a lot of their re rehabilitation starts now. They try to keep guys healthy during the year, and then they have to get guys healthy in the offseason. And it's, in the league. it's a well-known yeah, thing that this is an incredible training staff. Yeah. Now – and that's why when you said resources earlier, I was like, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. maybe not. Like, no, no. But you were talking personnel. Yeah, yeah. But with with the way that this training staff is, and we're not just saying that because they're no, I've, here I've, and they're I've in done the it building. way too much with them, so I know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you were with way five too. different yeah. training yeah. staffs. Yeah, I, and I've been with some good chess staffs. And I, this is still the best. This, these guys were amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, And it's a well-known thing throughout the league. There's, yeah. why, there's reasons why people look to the Cowboys training staff whenever they're in the combine and they're at the Senior Bowl and they're doing all this different mm, stuff like to Demont check Clark. out some of these guys. Demont Clark. Demont Clark, big, big thing for that. So outside of – the the injury report which we just gave little little WWRD what would mm. Rob do mm -hmm. but let's talk about some personnel changes that could be on the horizon for the Cowboys starting at the running back position we missed some of the other coaches Kyle oh go for it I mean who are some of the other coaches we lost, we lost well, coaches. number one the, okay. Doug Nussmeyer yep he's out quarterback as well. coach quarterback coach and we mm -hmm. for those go back to the previous episode of Talking Cowboys, and we spoke about how it was time to move on from Doug Nussmeyer, so he's moved on. Mm -hmm. um, Skip Pete, that's a tough one. <sighs> that sucks. That's a tough one to Not swallow. Not in agreement with that. Um, running backs coach Skip Pete, you saw what he did for Ezekiel Elliott. You saw what he did in the breakout season last year with Tony Pollard. Um, Gurley, all the other Gurley, cats. I, yeah, that, that's mm – -hmm. so we'll see where the Cowboys go with that. Um George Edwards, another big loss. Yeah, it was big. Another big loss. George Edwards was that a, happened before Dan Quinn came back, yeah. and we thought that that was riding. On yeah, the wall we thought that, that was going to Quinn was Quinn was going to see that and, and say, you know what, I, I'm I'm going to move on. Rob Davis, Rob Davis, mm -hmm. another one. Like, Rob Davis, which is the right hand man. He was assistant of Mike head McCarthy. Coach. Yeah, quite literally the right hand yep. man of Mike McCarthy. And McCarthy was actually fighting back some emotions, talking about yeah. some of these coaching losses, in particular Rob Davis, yeah, that one. who who's really close to him personally. Um, so Rob Davis, the assistant head coach, Doug Nussmeyer, Skip Pete, uh, Skip Pete, I'm sorry, George Philbin. Edwards, Joe, Joe Philbin, offensive line coach. Now I'm I'm torn on Philbin in that I and we talked about it. I love what Philbin was able to do in the face of adversity, multiple years, multiple years. I love what he was able to do in the progression of Terrence Steele. And and in the first year of Tyler Smith, having to move him around, but still seeing Tyler Smith, for the most part, excel at either position. Still got some growing pains, obviously, mm -hmm. the penalties we'll talk about down the road. But Joe Philbin did some really good things. Yes, he did. That said, I I could also see why they'd be looking to bring someone else. Attitude. Attitude. So yeah. I, I think it's... It's no knock to Philbin because we said we were fine with Philbin remaining, but then moving on from him, much like the Kellen Moore question, are we shocked? No, not not shocked. He was he was the hood mechanic. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe Philbin yeah. was the hood mechanic. I, I know yeah. where you're going with Yeah, you know what I'm going like, <laughs> Yeah. The hood mechanic will patch it up. Yeah. Yeah, he gonna he gonna get it running, yeah. right? He gonna he gonna get you running. Now is he gonna run that tip top shape? Nah, <laughs> but it'll get, get, get you home. But it'll get you to the crib. It'll get you Absolutely. Home. So he'll patch that thing up. Call the hood mechanic. He'll make it work yeah, for you. That's what home. Philbin was. You yeah. know, you handed something terrible. You know, old school yeah. car, and he yeah. patches it up. It'll get you home. So shout out to Philbin. Hey, big kudos to him. He had to work through a lot, a ton, and he gave Dallas an opportunity to win ball games when everybody thought that they had zero chance. And let's Leon Lett also part of ways. That's a long. Obviously, and when we say long-term relationship with the Cowboys, we're talking about pre-coaching as well. So yeah. Leon Lett has a long-term relationship with his organization, organization, both as a player and as an assistant coach, assistant position coach. So he's out as well. So, so how many coaches in total? You said eight. Um, about that. About that. It's a lot of people. It's bro. a lot of turnover yeah. in a short both amount of time. Sides of the ball, yeah. And, and they've already and if, they've already if, hired a new offensive line coach. Now they're still looking for a bunch of these other mm-hmm. guys. He came from Seattle. And he's been the here before. Line coach way back when. <laughs> Tell them who was the coach. Kyle. Didn't, didn't go and get uh, my, uh, didn't go that, and get my monkin. One guy named Tom Landry was yeah, the guy. head oh. coach whenever he was on the staff. I've heard last of that guy. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Was that the guy with the fedora? Yeah, that was oh, the guy okay. with the hat. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. 85 to 88. I think he was here. Yeah, I think it was like 86, 86. Yeah, 88 or something yeah. like that. Uh, crazy. Hey, if we're talking about getting some McVay so, knowledge, I mean, at oh least we're yeah, going to get some Tom Landry oh knowledge yeah. up in the, yeah, yeah, some in the and There's nothing wrong with getting some Tom Landry. <laughs> I, I venture to say that uh, Landry shift isn't going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. yeah Safe the, to the, say that's going to stay It's going to keep going. We like to see more of it in <laughs> 23. Right. Yeah, I know we're going to part personal, but I know we had a lot of coaches. We no, I'm glad you hit that. I'm glad you hit that because there's a lot of guys. Best of luck to all the guys that are no longer in the building. Don't skip Pete. That and one, Skip, that one hurts George, a little bit. Those, those are tough ones. Yeah, both those, those guys were were great while they were here. All right, let's talk about Skip Pete's position, mm-hmm. running back, Ezekiel Elliott, and this was quoted by Jerry and Stephen. Absolutely, a player that would that the Cowboys would like to bring back. They were both on the same page when talking about the running back returning. They want him to return. However, here was the quote: "You always want Zeke, but do the numbers work? You can't define what Zeke does for our football team." You can probably define it, but he's just saying stat-wise, statistically, statistically, which is you know that's always what I lean on. You don't, you it don't doesn't show the whole the, picture. That's yeah. what he's saying. He's saying the statistics do not don't show, show his value. He's what become he a does, leader in the locker room. What he does in the locker room, what he does on the field, on the field. what he does off the field, it's all how he's huge. embraced the change of the position with Tony Pollard getting more reps and 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 basically saying outright, he's like, hey, yeah, he's he's the explosive guy, and I'm the guy that's going to pound you into the ground and. When you talk about pride or lack thereof, this that's unbridled maturity for yes. Ezekiel Elliott. Compare those kinds of comments that we've been seeing from Ezekiel Elliott when incessantly asked the Tony Pollard question over the course of this past season yeah. to the 2016 version of, of Ezekiel Elliott. Though, this is a grown man right now, and this is one of the leaders of the locker room, much like Dak Prescott is, much like Demarcus Lawrence is and Leighton Van Der Esch. So that's what Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones mean when they say it's hard to quantify everything that Zeke brings to the table. And it's easy to look at this you know, what he's doing statistically and, and say, okay, well, there's a little bit of a downturn there. Well, it's it's also fair to say there's a little bit of a downturn on Zeke because there is a lot of an upturn on Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, can they retain Tony Pollard and <laughs> how can you do that? Well, it's real easy. Tap it again? Tag your Tap it again? Yeah. The easy button. Yeah. Franchise easy tag. <laughs> Hit the easy button. Franchise uh, how tag. much is going to hit him for? 10.1. So That's t- it. 10.1, which is not bad for a guy no. that impacts your offense as heavily as Tony Pollard. Is he more impactful? Straight question. Ooh. He yep. more impactful than Dalton Schultz? Absolutely. Then that's what you paid Dalton Not even Schultz. close. Then Not you, even close. There you go. You paid Dalton 10.9. Oh, you did. So it was 800K Is that your salary? No. God, I wish. The problem with the the Zeke dilemma right now is the money that will be owed yeah. it's a 17 million dollar cap hit next mm-hmm. year followed by 15 million followed by 17 again followed by 16.6 so right now is the best time to restructure this potential out that's in the middle of this contract who's been talking about this for two years what podcast on this network's been talking about this potential out for two years now mm-hmm. i Cowboys think it's a talking talking yelling yelling cowboys this is this is the time to do it if you don't restructure it all of your leverage is gone for the most part because right now if you were to cut zeke his dead cap for one year would be about $12 million. Mm-hmm. So instead of 16 plus 15 plus 17 plus 16 again, it would be $12 million, yeah. done, you're out, 
So the leverage is on the Cowboys side. For now, sure. if you don't do it this no, year, no. you're going to be in trouble Kyle, for the what, next What four. number are you comfortable bringing Zeke back at? Anything less than probably the f- franchise tag per year. If you're giving me a per so year So you would deal, pay Zeke nine a year right now? That's what nah, I'm saying. What's, probably, your, what's, your, what's your comfort? That's too much. What's your comfort? Both of y'all. Give me six or seven. Okay. I would do that, and that's a lot for a, what he's turned into. Which His is role. A third down back. Okay. Short yardage situation, okay. red zone guy. What do you think? I'm, I'm doing see. the math in my head. If I tag Pollard, which I'm willing to do, that's $10 million off the table. Mm-hmm. How much am I willing to commit to the position mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking about. Uh, if you're gonna, and the cap just got raised, give, give me, right? The it, cap it, just it, got it, raised. Yeah, to, it, by t- almost $20 million. Yeah. That's a huge that's thing. That's massive. That's Amari Cooper massive. on your roster. I know so, that's a salt in the wound, but that's $20 mm-hmm. million a year, and that's what Amari made. Uh, I wouldn't do 10 to both, so if I'm doing 10 to 1, i got to go down on the other and – Seven and a half. Woo. Give me See, that's the, I was thinking. See, I'm thinking five. When when he was bringing up, mm, how I think much that's would when you commit start crossing over into disrespect? Well, I, I hear you. I, I get it, and that's why that's why I bring the question up because there has to be a discussion between. Hey, we value you. We respect you. Got Patty. You got you got rub his shoulders yeah. when, you, when you had this conversation. Yeah. Hey, we value <laughs> it, it you. And we love shoulders. you. It's his agent's yeah, shoulders. Yeah, true. But get. it's his shoulders. And five million ain't gonna start the conversation. I, I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, to your point, and we'll get to more personnel. There's a lot of other guys that have to get taken care of. Fair. And what his agent is going to point out, fairly enough, is what we just pointed out. There's almost a twenty million dollar salary cap bump, and then you get to point at other positions and say, you know what, you could go ahead and extend your quarterback. And if you extend your <sighs> quarterback, you you could save. Almost thirty million dollars in cap this year alone. That's oh, yeah. our next topic of conversation. Oh, yeah. and we'll get to that. So, so if I'm Ezekiel Elliott's agent, yes, I'm amicable to a pay cut or a restructure, but at the same time, it has to be a respectful. Conversation. He's supposed to get how much this year? Twelve, uh, eleven, just under twelve. The, the cap hit is sixteen point seven. That's but the cap hit. The dead so he money would, is eleven point eight. If they cut him, if they were to cut if they him. if yeah, they yeah. cut him, it would be. Dead cap of 11, 12 million. Let's just say twelve. So, if you're if you're talking eight if you're talking eight million nine million, thanks for your service, That's a Zeke. Lot of thank money you, thank me. you, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Appreciate I'm, I'm you. I'm willing to with I'll talk with, to you later. with all the all else that can be done. I'm willing to commit seventeen and a half to the running back position. Oh, that's a lot. It is, man. but when you that look look at what you're committing to, though. Look at what you're committing to. You're committing to a tandem that's arguably the best RB tandem in the game right now, mm-hmm. and you're not over-committing just yet because $10 million of that is the franchise tag for Tony Pollard. That gives you a chance to revisit this whole situation in 2024. That was going to be my next question. At that is, point, with where's, being, where's Malik Davis in this equation? With it being right? $17 million, wouldn't you rather just extend Pollard? But I see what you're saying. No, no long-term commitment Correct. for the running back position. Correct. That makes Plus a lot the, of sense. And, and you absorb a lot of that with the, the bump in the salary cap over last year. You could absorb even you could free up that much more money with a restructure on Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence. You could restructure or just outright extend Dak Prescott, which we'll get to. There is no shortage of triggers that can be pulled to make that easy and not only easy but palatable like 17 and a half for one year is very very palatable if that's going to keep this duo in tandem uh in, in on Intact, yeah. yeah in in the roster in a season where you're also switching play callers and offensive coordinators yeah. how much change Stability. are you willing yeah. to take on i'm willing to pay 17 and a half million dollars at the position so that part of it of, the, point. of it i don't have to worry about because i'm still working out play calling and offensive coordinators but you lost skip pete you did lose skip pete oh. you did I don't think people understand how valuable he is. You did. I really don't. Well, he understood that scenario better than anybody. Yeah. Gosh, and he's a real one, man. Yeah. He knows. There's, there's, a, there's a shortage of real ones out there, Kyle. He knows both of those guys like the back of their hand. Part of the reason why the the whole turning over the position was so well received by Zeke was probably because of Skip Pete. Yeah. I mean, that's is fair. the words that Skip Pete were telling to Zeke, telling to Pollard, that that's why there was no Skip animosity toward each other. The, Raiders uh, and I don't, who, the, the names, the, the tandems that he had worked with. Everywhere he's been, the running back room been has been solid. Successful. And I, I mean, I don't know the conversations that happen behind the scenes, right? I haven't spoken with Skip and understand, you know, the complexities as to why he's no longer here, but. That's that's a valuable piece that people out there need to understand that Dallas Cowboys just lost. Whether they lost it, whether they got rid of him, whatever, however you want to, mm-hmm. however you want to place it, he is a real one in the sense that he holds guys accountable. 
Right. That was my issue with him leaving. That was my issue with Rob Davis leaving, leaving, and 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 Edwards leaving. Right. He, they, all those guys held guys accountable. And I hate when locker rooms and and front office and coaching staffs lose guys that are outspoken and that will call out BS and hold guys accountable when they see it. Because there's a shortage of that. So many people are concerned with keeping their jobs nowadays that they will go hush when something needs to be said. They will they will, they will be be mute and reserve themselves from saying the things that need to be said to keep everybody on one accord and to keep everybody at a certain level of expectation. Those th- those three guys, especially Skip P, because that's a guy I'm closest with out of those three. Mm-hmm. He would not hold his tongue if he saw some mess going on. He would call you soft if yep. you're playing soft. <laughs> if you he's need to an st- old school ball, coach. old school, old school ball coach. Gosh, period. Man. He's he's going to be a very difficult one to replace. So I'm all eyes on seeing who they bring in to replace Skip Pete. Just phenomenal human being, good, good old fashioned old school ball coach, and just really, really good at what he does. I just hope they don't bring in a yes so, man. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, just don't bring in a yes man. So uh, we've already gotten one response. It's like two or three million dollars tops for oh, Zeke. Get the, the heck out of here! But on, here's the thing: that's that's what the value might be for Come what on. he brings. But there's no way that conversation on, would even start. No, get out. There, of here. There's Come no on. way you would even get they, the conversation. That person started. doesn't love the Cowboys. Yeah, they like even, the Cowboys. They don't love the Cowboys. I'm not even, <laughs> even going to dignify that number. One. But that's what I'm saying. It would it would have to take. I'd probably say four to eight. Anywhere in that window, the conversations happen. I agree. Yeah. Because if it's over eight, the Cowboys aren't interested. If it's under four, Zeke's party's Zeke's not, not interested. interested. Yeah. So that's where that's where yeah. you're at with the I really Zeke think I really think the number's five. I personally think the number's five. Well, I could see five. The good news is I, I feel like both sides are willing to have the discussion. Nobody's drawing the hard line yeah. in the sand right now. Cowboys Zeke knows are, where he's at in his career. Yeah. It, he knows where he's at. You know, Cowboys so aren't the drawing thing. the Amari yeah. Cooper line in the sand saying, you know what, we could restructure and, and move this money around and save, yeah. but when you're we're just the, gonna go ahead and part ways. They're not the, there and Zeke yeah. isn't saying, Oh, well, if if we try to reduce the money, he's not. No, see saying the thing that is when you're at that point in your career and you understand the value you have with that organization Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is try to start jumping ship because you know that you'll never be that guy again Mm. so if i'm never going to be that guy again then i'll just stay put listen Mm. and and i said i've said this all season long as it relates to uh and again i'm not speaking for ezekiel elliott i'm speaking about ezekiel Elliott. i've said multiple times even before reports came out that Ezekiel Elliott would be willing to take a pay cut, I said I could see why he would be willing to take one, and I believe that he would be willing to take one because he understands, and he said it, he understands that if if I, Ezekiel Elliott, am willing to take less to remain in Dallas and that less allows you to keep Tony Pollard, I just extended my career. You just, you know, in, the, in the point that you just brought up, this is when the brotherhood comes in. And I know a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, everybody's Talk selfish and talking Talk about themselves. When you care about the other guy that's in that room with you, like he cares about Tony Pollard, I'm I'm willing to take a back seat, right? And whether I'm forced to take a back seat or whatever, like I'm willing to humble myself and put myself financially mm-hmm. right in a, in a disadvantage to ensure that my guy gets the bag Talk because he's been riding with me for a minute, being in the shadows, and now I recognize that I'm now taking a step back. I want to keep this thing together. It's your time to your your time to shine. They will extend each other's career absolutely if they Agreed. stick together. Agreed. If they stick together. Ooh, that's a good point. They Which, will. if that's the case, the leverage would, I think, fall in favor of Zeke mm-hmm. in, in terms of, or excuse me, in terms of the Cowboys, in yeah. terms of that that contract negotiation. So maybe it would be a lower number, but no, two to three million. That's yeah, not that's, happen. that's a non-story. He'll, he'll walk that's before you even have a conversation. I think it. I think it's four to eight is the window for the topic of conversation to even start. Mm-hmm. Ideal number probably five or five, five and a half. Yeah, I think so. That's probably where we're at. All right. Let's take our second break. When we come back, let's talk about the quarterback position. Oh. It's been a fun topic lately. Oh. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. Is he going to receive a contract extension? And what could that look like for the salary cap when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. 
Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, final segment of uh, Say It With Your Chest Friday, off-season edition. We'll be back at our normal time starting next week, which is Tuesdays at 11? Is it 11 or 10? Beamer, you got, you got that on, in front of you? We haven't had a normal off-season show yet, so it's kind of hard to really tell. Winter, winter 10 o'clock. Tuesdays, right? 10, 10 o'clock on Tuesdays? Yep. Is that what you said, Tuesdays, Beamer? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, 10 so, yeah, 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Put we it will on your be calendar. Back. Put it on your calendar. I need to put it on mine for this upcoming Tuesday and throughout the rest of the offseason. Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Let's talk about the quarterback position. Let's. So, of course, both Jerry Jones and Steven talking during the media session or at least a, a quick media session during the senior bowl when asked if he would if the Cowboys would be interested in contract talks with the QB again which would include an extension and lower his cap hit they said Dak is going to be our guy for hopefully the next 10 years you say that it's a long time because he's already played six or seven but I think Dak will play as long or play that long because he takes care of himself and he's driven to be great and we fully expect Fully expect him to be here for the next 10 years. So, if they want that to happen, they've got two years left on his contract. Of course, Dak's original numbers were some of the top in the league. If you haven't taken a chance to look at where he ranks now, take a look. Because right now, the media or the the market for a quarterback position, Daniel Jones right now is expected to receive a contract of about four years $160 million. That's the market. That is exactly the contract that Dak Prescott was given. And that's for Daniel Jones. So even though it was the top quarterback contract in the league for a, a split second, it's not anymore. You're actually saving a significant number of cash on his contract right now. But you can even do better than that. You can extend him while his value is lower. Mm -hmm. And you can try and pull that out over the next five or six years instead of the next two or three. So, Isaiah, when you look at Dak, are you confident enough to extend him? But are you also are you kind of hedging your bets, bets by extending him at a, at a lower contract hit? I'm not extending him based off of performance, mm -hmm. if that's what you're asking. I would extend him for organizational structure. <laughs> right. In terms of the salary cap hits and all the things that you were starting to starting to touch on. The the thought of extending Dak right now, I don't like it, personally. Now, kudos to him. He gets extension and all that jazz. I hope the best, all that. But business-wise, in terms of performance and, and getting this team to where you want them to be, I can't give him extension. Not me. I'm, I'm all about performance. If, if you're not putting out, you're not putting out, and I'm going to get somebody in here to, to compete with you. Mm -hmm. Either you're going to get pushed into that position that I want you to be in or this person's going to ascend and hopefully take us there. I don't see I don't see the benefit, aside from the salary cap, in extending him. Mm -hmm. That's about as blunt as I can be. Okay. Yeah. 
salary cap wise, it's it's obvious. Um, yes. If the Cowboys extend him, and this is per overthecap.com, they'd get twenty three point nine, roughly twenty three point nine million dollars in savings both this year and twenty six point two million dollars in savings next year. Well, hold uh, hold up, twenty nine. This year, okay. if they were to re-extend, yeah, if yeah. they were to extend him, twenty-three point seven. That is a lot of that extra is a cash. Ton That's of three, extra cash. Three ballers. A ton. That's. It's. I mean, look at the guys that they signed with the twenty million from Amari. They signed mm-hmm. Anthony Barr. They they re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch, Torrance Armstrong. Uh, I believe J. Ron Curse was mm-hmm. probably into that mix as well. I mean, they got Malik a ton Cooker. of guys. Malik Cooker there. That's a lot of that's a lot, lot of, of dough just off one player, yeah, just one trigger. No, so I said so. Business wise, yeah. it, it makes more than sense. It's just it's yeah. right there for the taking. Now, production wise, here's why I'm fine with it because you've seen what a hel- what a healthy Dak Prescott can be, almost five thousand yards, only a few shy of the single season passing yards record over Tony Romo. Um, MVP conversations a couple seasons ago. Now, I understand what Isaiah is saying. Hell, I, it's the science is in my articles. He struggled last year. Um, I also put in, because something popped in my head, I'm wondering if not only – we know that he was pressing. We know he was pressing, right? He was playing hero ball when he shouldn't have been playing hero ball in 2022. But I also wonder, because keep in mind that the fractured thumb was on his throwing hand, yes? Yep. I wonder if that slightly altered his feel for the ball in the release. And I say that to say I could make the argument in my mind that with a full offseason, he'll get his timing back, his feel back, his release back, or he'll adapt, recalibrate to what I should say. Okay. Um, but more than anything, for me, it's the, it's the QB's coach variable. Because when our beloved John Kitna was in the building, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott turned the corner. Mm-hmm. And he became that MVP caliber quarterback who was flinging it around when he also had the personnel to do so at wide mm-hmm. receiver. And the offensive coordinator was unleashing that. Mm-hmm. All things were working. They were humming. I've seen that Dak Prescott. Correct. Again, not saying Nussmeyer did a poor job, but we can't ignore the obvious. And the objective fact is under Nussmeyer, Dak Prescott became an interception it. machine. Nussmeyer is no longer in the building. So if the Cowboys can bring in a quarterback's coach who can fix that part of Dak Prescott, then there's nothing that tells me that he's not worth an extension that would not only guarantee you don't have to revisit the quarterback market because you got a 26th overall pick, you don't have a top pick, and if anybody who follows the draft and and Kyle runs the the draft show, so you know when it comes to draft capital and moving up, people say all the time, oh, why don't you just move up to the top five from 26? Nope. That's a whole mortgage. That's like a two- or three-year mortgage to do it. So that's not realistic. And you might lose Cooper Rush in free agency. You don't know just yet what you got in Will Greer as a QB, too. That's too much change. It's too much, even for the next two-year period. Go ahead, get a new QB coach in who can help Dak fix the interception problem that just cropped up over the back half of last season. Was it really here before then? And coaches don't go against your cap. And go and doesn't go against your cap, <laughs> and you'll net roughly $50 million in cap savings over the next two years as well, do it. Do it. It's it, not the popular opinion, but it's just the right it. thing to do. Right now, in terms of average salary per year, Dak Prescott is ninth out of the quarterback position. Some of the guys in front of him. Funny how that changed, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Derek Carr. Derek Carr just got cut, by the way. He's going to not be on his team next year. That's, that's not even a lateral move for me. So uh, th- th- that's the thing is those are the eight guys in front of Dak Prescott in terms of what he's getting paid per year. This isn't total value. Total value, I think it's even more so. I think he's like 10th or something like that. Let me see. I'll give you total value in two seconds. Uh, he's eighth in total value, so a little bit higher. So if you take the the length of this contract and you're able to restructure it or extend him, you take that average per year down. You take it to, like, what would be a good number? Like 34, 33, which would be less than what you're even going to pay for a cap hit this year. He'd be paying, he'd be paid less than Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford on top of that list that I just gave you. So you, he'd be middle-of-the-road contract average per mm-hmm. year. Why would you not do that and take a guy who's still correct in his 20s and take him and extend it out for a couple more years, four or five more years, 
and you extend him, I think it's a great move. Get Especially right now, like I said, when the value is low, hey, he's not coming off of an MVP hey, caliber salary season. Salary cap-wise, I'm in total agreement with y'all. But you just don't think the performance is there? Correct. Here's the, the hedging side I think, there's, I think there's two reasons why you extend somebody, right? And we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Either the performance, or you're like, hey, heck yeah, we want you around here well, for a long time because you're just killing we're it. We're going to give you more money. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to go here. Or it's just like, okay, you're about to kill our cap. Let's <laughs> let's figure out a way to save and get us some savings here, this guys. This is definitely the second one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely the yeah. second one. Also, in that same conversation at the Senior Bowl, what did they say about the possibility of drafting a quarterback? <laughs> well, they're going we're, to. We're going to hit that on the draft show coming up on Tuesday, by or Wednesday, by the way. But they said we are committed now. to drafting a quarterback now, and we probably should have done one previously. Should have took the the New England approach. And it's funny you say that because we were talking about that offline, and not a few days later, Jerry Jones says they regret not taking the approach of drafting every single year because it gives you insurance and a developmental guy that if it turns out your franchise guy continues to trend upward and the, con- the rookie contract comes up to expire on the on the developmental guy, you trade him, you get some assets, you draft, you've got another one in the pipeline, so it's the Belichick. Absolutely style of, of uh, drafting. See, it's not even just Belichick now, too, though, but who were the last two quarterbacks that beat you this year? Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. He was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Drafted as the final pick of, mm-hmm. the, of the 2022 draft. Brock Purdy beat you with San Francisco. Who was the, the second to last quarterback that beat you? Washington. Washington. Sam Howell, rookie quarterback. Both of those teams had two quarterbacks already. Washington had both of their guys. They had Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. but it was Sam Howell that beat you in the final week of the regular season. Just in case. San Francisco Just had Jimmy Garoppolo case. and Trey Lance, <laughs> yet it was Brock Purdy who's now sending them to an NFC championship Absolutely. game. So you drafting these quarterbacks is not a man. bad thing. It's insurance. Go out and get one. If you're walking around here without insurance, you know, you're living life on the edge. You are. And the Dallas Cowboys have been living life on the edge. Yeah. Just call it what it is. Call it what it is. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. It's been a fun one today. We had a lot to talk about. We'll be back on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time, and we'll be on Tuesdays from here on out. Hopefully the ice stays No more ice storms. Yeah, let's keep all that out of here. Next week will be 82 degrees. Yeah. (laughs) It's supposed to be be mid-sweating. Be on the beach next week. Commando Kyle. Yeah. No more beach Right back to it. No more beach for you, sir. We need a t-shirt. You're all beach. Commando Kyle. Somebody please make that. Somebody's going to make another video on Twitter for it. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!